This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. This was the biggest test that this offensive line faced all season, and they failed miserably. I mean, if we're just being perfectly honest, they failed miserably. Spencer Burford just had his lunch money stolen. Snap after snap after snap by Dalvin Tomlinson. And Purdy had no time to throw. They were not biting on play action. And to me, I think one of the biggest takeaways is there aren't very many defensive lines like the Browns have in the NFL. Uh, The 49ers have one. But I will say this. In December, they will face one in Philadelphia. And they are going to have to be significantly better than they were today if they have any, you know, any hope of winning that game. And to me, it it really highlights, I guess you could say it highlights one of the weaknesses of this Kyle Shanahan offensive system. And that is this. This offensive system, and, and and you could argue most offensive systems. So, I mean, this it, I don't think this is unique to the 49ers, but this offense is reliant on being ahead of the chains in order to be efficient and in order to be uh, as explosive as we've seen it be through the first five weeks. And if they're not, they struggle significantly. And it's because... There is there isn't much of a drop back passing game in this offense. The passing game is tied so intimately with the run game and with play action and with boots and things like that that if that stuff isn't working, there aren't a ton of just straight up five, seven step drops and you know, three, four wide receivers out in the pattern, you know, to come back in games if you're behind or whatever the case may be. But not only that this offensive line isn't built to pass protect in the traditional sense, a drop back passing protection scheme, right? They are built to be a fluid offensive line. They are smaller. They are lighter because they have to pull. They have to move. They have to get to the second level in the run game, all this stuff. And this has been a weakness of a Shanahan offense since Mike Shanahan 
mm-hmm. was, was coaching offense, right? They were always had smaller offensive linemen because they needed to be more athletic. They needed to be able to, to do the, you know, they need to be able to execute those reach blocks. They need to be, be able to execute those pulls, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And when it's working, it's gangbusters. But if you're behind and now all of a sudden you've got to, like I said, you've, you've got to just rely on a, a, a straight up drop, drop back passing attack. It, it just isn't really there for them, both in the playbook and uh, as, as an offensive line. And so I think that is that is, to me, one of the biggest things that that led to what we saw today. Um, and, and one of the reasons why, why they struggled so much because Cleveland just absolutely stole that offensive line's lunch money mm-hmm. snap after snap after snap. And like I said, there aren't many that can, but there's one that exists in, in Philadelphia. And, and right now that's the team that you have to beat if you're hoping to get to the Super Bowl. So that's yeah, a concern yeah. for me. Yeah, and, and that's your main competition. And, and I understand that long term, that is a concern. That's something that I think. I'm not saying it's a glaring, oh my God, something needs to be done, but it's it's something you're con- you're concerned about right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, for sure, something that's going to hop in your mind that okay, down the road, like you said, against a really good defensive line, are we going to have issues? They did in the playoffs against Dallas the first three quarters. I know that didn't show up last yeah. week, but they they did last year those first three quarters against Dallas. But as I go on with this, I I do want to reiterate, I think the Niners are going to be fine. I think this is a blip. In the yeah. Play. But what we're doing on this podcast is reviewing week six. So we're speaking to what we saw today. So before I got to hear a million people in like comments and everything else, (laughs) like, oh, you guys are haters, blah, blah, blah. We're not saying we're worried. We're we're talking about what happened today. That's it. Okay. Just putting that out there. So the other thing that happened today is we go through things that stunk. I thought this defense stunk. And you say, wait a minute, Al, 19 points. They had two turnovers. Bosa had a big sack. Yeah. Okay, that stuff happened, but let's look at the whole game. They stunk. This was a PJ Walker led offense. Maybe mm-hmm. they really missed Dre Greenlaw, who didn't play today. Well, they certainly missed Dre Greenlaw, who didn't play yeah. today. But if you look at what happened in the game with the Browns, they possessed the hell out of the ball. They ran, they had 334 total yards to the Niners, 215. Um, they ran 34 times for 160 yards. And there were some times when it looked like they were just no could do anything running the ball mm-hmm. on a couple plays mm-hmm. um, when they needed big stops. They're getting 15 yards, 20 yards on, on a few plays. And it was, it was definitely very frustrating there. Another thing that's not going to show up in the box score are the throws that PJ Walker missed. There were yeah. a few instances where there were wide open Browns receivers mm-hmm. wide open and Walker, just PJ Walker. It could have been a lot worse in the two turnovers. The play by Warner, I thought was, was, was a good play. He kind of read it, but the throw to Lenore, was it just he just threw it right to him? Just it was a, bad a terrible throw. Yeah, throw. yeah. yeah. awful. Um, then he almost got picked towards the end of the game, thrown in the end zone. I mean, mm-hmm. PJ Walker really tried to give this game to the 49ers. And I said towards the end, the Niners defense was sort of bend but don't break the whole game. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, you cannot let PJ Walker drive drive down the field. Now, right, there were two awful penalties. Awful. So another yeah. thing in this game that stunk the officiating. It was a sloppy game. Mm-hmm. There were how many how many total penalties between these two teams? Twenty five pen- accepted penalties yeah. between these two teams today for two hundred and four yards. I mean, give me a break, give me a break. But towards the end of the game, you get the defenseless receiver penalty on Gibson, which was bullshit. Awful. You have yeah. to start reviewing these. 
You have yes. to, if, if the reps cannot be have enough wherewithal to keep flags in their pockets towards the end of games, and they don't because we see this constantly, unless it's an obvious call, if it's a borderline thing like that, keep your flag in your pocket. They just called that because it looked bad. He didn't go near it. He didn't hit him in the head. He hit him in the shoulder. It was awful. And then they well, call whatever they call yeah. holding on war. On, on war, are, yeah. Are you kidding me? If you look at yeah. that, you're, you call that? The most ticky-tack play, holding mm-hmm. call, awful. And even if it is a little borderline, again, I'm of the belief you don't call it that stuff at the end of the game. So yeah. was it frustrating that those two things were sort of handed to the Browns? Yeah. But was it the next play, Jerome Ford just broke like a 15-yard run? Oh, so that, yeah. those things happened too. The Niners D had to come out today and pick the offense up a little bit. And they, they exactly. didn't really do that. They didn't play awful. No. But given the circumstances, they they I thought that they should have played better. For today in a vacuum, I thought they stunk as well. Yeah. You know, and, and that that I think more than that holding call, excuse me, the the call against Gibson, the you know, the un- unnecessary roughness penalty. You know, um, Rich Madrid, who uh, is a, a 49ers Twitter legend, you know, he tweeted that the refs are always going to err on the side of caution. And, and that is likely because the, the NFL ignored concussions for so long that now it's like now they're overcorrecting. Right. And I get that. And that's fine. And I don't I, I won't even argue against that. But here's the thing. If you're going to err on the side of caution, then those penalties could be automatically reviewable. It, they just should because, yeah. because the review showed clearly that that was a clean hit. And, and I also understand that in the blink of an eye, that's a difficult call to make because it did. It looked awful. It looked awful on TV. I can't imagine what it looked like on the field, but that's my point. If you want your refs to err on the side of caution, then you have to be able to correct an incorrect call. Not that the not that the team should be able to throw the flag. That should just be an automatically review automatically mm-hmm. reviewed by the booth. It just should be. And that's that should be part of the conversation. And like I've said in the past, there are very, very, very simple solutions to this epidemic of shitty officiating affecting NFL games week in and week out, and the NFL refuses to address it, which tells me, as Herm Edwards has always said, if you if if you are accepting it, then you're essentially coaching it, right? If you're allowing it to happen, then you're essentially saying, we're okay with this, mm-hmm. right? And that's what they're doing right now. They're They're just saying, look, we know. We know that our refs, blow calls all the time. We also know that it affects the outcomes of games more often than it doesn't. And we're okay with that. And that's just nonsense. That's not, Mm. that's not for, for the, you know, the, the richest sports behemoth in the United States to accept shitty officiating is, is kind of pathetic if we're being perfectly honest. So you cannot blame the refs for this game. The 49ers, and, and we said this as well. The I, I don't know that the Browns beat the 49ers. I think the 49ers beat the 49ers, but I do want to give credit where it's due. The Browns played a hell of a game on defense. They are they have a terrific an incredible defense. defense. Yeah, they are terrific. And they are 
they are better than the 49ers on defense. And I have no problem saying that. And kudos to Jim Schwartz because that is largely the same personnel that they had last year when they sucked. So he has had a huge impact on, on this team. And, you know, once again, Kyle Shanahan lost to Jim Schwartz. He's one and nine now. So obviously Schwartz knows a little bit something about defending this Shanahan offense. And I have to think that, you know, teams are going to start watching this tape to be like, Hey, what is it that he did that, mm-hmm. that kind of slowed them down? And, you know, not every team has that defensive line. So, you know, it's, it's not yeah. going to be exactly the same, but if you, um, you need a wet field yeah. and, a, and a great defensive line, that's not always going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I am hesitant to, to blame the weather because it did rain, but it didn't rain the whole game. Um, and I don't know that just, to me, that feels a little bit like an excuse more than a reason. Um, but you know, it was obvious, it was obvious that, but it was obvious, especially to end the first half that Purdy was struggling with a wet ball and that could be an issue moving forward. Uh, he has the same size hands as Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo had trouble, uh, throwing the ball in the rain as well. So, um, that could be an issue for him. Yep. Small hands, but you know, those are the kind of things that, that all of this talk about, like, you know, we need to see Brock Purdy and adversity or whatever. That's part of the adversity. And today he didn't necessarily answer the call. I, I still think it was impressive for him to lead them down for a chance to win the game, you know, after playing the worst game of his career. Um, but ultimately they lost this game. And, and like you said, it's time to move on to Minnesota.